on with the show. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's another episode of the often imitated, never duplicated Voices of Misery podcast. And of course, I'm one half of your dynamic duo, the nerds. I'm the nerd, and I am not with the nerdette today. I'm actually doing a special show. You guys know I've been wanting to have guests back on for a very long time. So I had to scour the internet and I looked for very interesting people. I thought I was going to be out of my options here until I came across this person. This very lovely lady. I had a few minutes to talk to her before we hit the record button here. Her name is Denise Demijo, and oh my goodness, we're going to have a blast today. Denise, how are you doing today? I am phenomenal. I'm glad to be here with your, you and your audience and really just have fun. We are going to have a blast today. Now, you are a shamanic healer. And, and now, correct me, from, am I saying it wrong? Is it shamanic or is it shamanic? How, how do I say it? Shamanic. Okay, shamanic, shamanic healer. But it, you know, I'm I'm not really tied up with titles, so <laughs> it's um, yes, that's you know how people can find me and what I am. But yeah, however you pronounce it is your up to you. <laughs> well, hey, let's just jump on into this because I'm an idiot. I mean, everyone knows that I'm an idiot, so I like to have experts come on and teach me about things that I don't know anything about and shamanic healing and just natural healing, just uh, you know the power of the mind and just you know self improvement and betterment. I have no idea how to do this. So that's why I wanted to have you come on the show. Can you describe a little bit about shamanic healing? What is it all about? So um, to be perfectly honest, um, when I started my journey and when I was conscious about my journey of being on the shamanic path, it was back in 2020. And um, it was because I had a lot of resistance over my life of accepting my assignment, accepting my calling, my purpose, the reason why I was here. And so um, throughout my whole life, I had been experiencing it, but I still was like, I don't you know, I don't want to do this. <laughs> this is this is painful. This is this. All of the things to the point where I um, took a very um, challenging road and, and long time to come out. But actually, um, in shamanism, everything happens exactly as it should and, and exactly at the time it should. So even though in my mind at the time it was like, I'm late, I'm, you know, this, I don't know, and all this kind of stuff, it was exactly perfect. I went through exactly the things that I needed to go through in order for me to be here so I could help the people that I am helping now. So the way you said it sounds like shamanism, everything happens for a reason, everything is 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 kind of you know, part of something bigger as, as if it was pre-planned sounds a lot like Christianity. Is that what this is almost? No. Um, but let me just tell you this. Uh, there is, uh, it's, it's just so funny that you say that because I do have a strong connection to Christianity. I came from a Christian background. Um, and I was the person who in between like 11 and 14, um, I would, that's how people would punish me is like, you can't go to church, <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
That's your punishment. And that would really truthfully be my punishment because I was at church seven days a week, twice on Sunday, and I absolutely loved it. And so, um, you know, I took a break from it for a while um, in between 14 and um, about 24. And then I said, you know what? I really want to get connected, reconnected with God. I really wanted to go down that path. Long story short, I tried to connect with certain different um, churches and each and every church had a lesson as to, okay, this doesn't feel quite right. <laughs> Something's wrong here. And in my understanding and how I understand what was happening in my specific journey is, is that I was getting kicked out of the church. That wasn't the place for me, but yet I still had not yet found out what was the place for me? And um, so Christianity has, and I still uh, believe in Jesus, Yeshua, um, uh, commune with him every day, but not in the manner that um, a, a lot of Christians see him as. I do believe that he is the truth, the light in the way, but it's not um, in a way of dismissing everything, all other religions or spiritual um, beliefs. It's in a way of Jesus is um, the healer. He is healing. And in order for you to see God and get to God, you have to go through healing. Everybody has to, even the animals. <laughs> At one point in time, they may you know, hurt their paws or whatever the case may be, and they will have to go through some form of healing. Everybody. And that's why, once again, it says all knees shall bow. Yes, all knees will bow to healing at one point in time in their life because it's necessary for us all. And so that's how I see um, Jesus. That's how I see Christianity. That's how it has worked in my life and the understanding that I was given about that. And so where Christianity differs from the beliefs of shamanism is because and this is a, a, um, a person that I met, was acquainted with, and he had written a book. And um, I can't remember the book right now. But um, in his book, he was talking about how we need to stop spiritually gangbanging. So spirit, like yes, right. That's what I said. I was like, okay, this is exactly what we need to do. And that's what Christianity does. It's just, um, this is the way, we, you know, and everybody else, we're going to talk about them, shun them, this and this, you know, it's no acceptance. It's no um, trying to understand, trying to work as a collective, trying to, because that's not how Jesus worked. He never did that. <laughs> and but then, you know, when you're supposed to be Christians and you're supposed to be a follower of Jesus, but they're doing things that Jesus never done. And and uh, and so that's where Christianity and, and shamanism different. It's that we are accepting we whoever you are, whether you're from the um, Islamic um, belief, whether you're from the Christian belief, whether you have no belief, <laughs> you're welcomed here on this spiritual journey of healing. That's a now I'm sitting here thinking now you were born and, and raised very Christian. You went to church, you went to Sunday school, you know, and you kind of went into that here. What I want to ask you here is the thing about Christianity is like you were saying, it's very tribalistic. It's like this is the only way of thinking you're shunned if you think outside of this. Being raised in a Christian household, what was the reaction to you coming out, so to speak, just for lack of a better phrase? as a shamanist or someone into this line of thinking, did that affect your, your upbringing, the way you related to your family in any way? 
Well, um, here's another background about me that you don't know, and I'm glad to share. Um, but I wasn't raised with my family. So I was raised in foster care. I was considered like the milk carton baby. My grandmother told me I was a milk carton baby. I don't know if you know what those are. <laughs> oh, like a missing child? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I was uh, a milk carton baby. I was on the milk carton um, when I was about six months. Um, My family didn't know where I was. I ended up in another state and um, my my mother was the one who took me. But, um, you know, back then it was kind of like considered uh, kidnapping, <laughs> I guess. But, um, anyway, long story short, eight months. Um, and when I turned was in about eight months, I went into foster care for the first time. And in between, um, that age and when I emancipated at 18, I went to 11 different homes, um, 12 different schools until I dropped out in the 10th grade. I was to a two-time teenage mother. And, um, so my spiritual journey, it really wasn't, um, somebody took me to church. It was like I had opportunities throughout those that whole period of uh, finding God. I found, you know, I, I connected with God. I connected with um, my dear brother and teacher, um, Yeshua, um, on many different occasions throughout my life, my whole entire life that gave me peace, that helped me to endure the things that I was going through. At one point in time, when I was about six, seven years old, um, six and seven, I think, um, I had wanted to commit suicide. Um, and I know as a child, you know, you could, you have to kind of think as a six and seven year old child, what could be so bad, you know, that in your short life, lived life that you would want to commit suicide. You know, I remember standing on the, um, balcony of my dad's, um, condominium on the sixth floor and looking down saying, if I could just, if I jump and, you know, in this, would it hurt? You know, that was the only thing that was stopping me from jumping off that balcony is I thought it was going to (laughs) hurt. And, and as much as I wanted to die at the time and not live the life that I was living, I did not, I didn't like pain even more. So that was not an option. Uh, I remember when I was about seven years old in my grandmother's um, uh, penthouse, and this is when I was like living like four years of uh, in between. Um, I was about five till about nine, 10. I lived with my grandmother and sometimes with my dad. And then I went back into foster care. But um, in that period, um, I remember being in my grandmother's penthouse and um, there was a, 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 a my only friend, <laughs> which lived on the first floor with her mom. Um, she came up and I was like, I gave her a knife and I said, just stab me in my heart. Just stab me. I want to die. And well, she never came back. Um, I guess that wasn't appropriate. And her mom was like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, um, I had these different challenges, even as a young child of knowing that something was off about the world and knowing that, um, there, you know, I was like, I, I felt isolated. And the reason I was isolated, I believe was because of, I needed to be protected. The way that the outlook that I already had in life was so, um, 
I would say pure. I only saw the goodness in people. But because of that, I would get hurt by the things that were um, trying to dim that light, trying to put that out. And so, um, but in those moments, I would always find God. God came to me when I was about five, six years old in the um, foyer of my dad's condominium. And I was alone. Um, That's about as I would always pretty much spend my time alone by myself at my dad's house. And I was playing. I believe with a train set. And all of a sudden I heard of, and this is when I first um, started to really hear, because I, I hear, I know, I see, I have a lot of the clairs, right? And so I first heard that I could remember um, uh, around that time. And God came down and said, pretty much, you're special. And I'm like, I am? <laughs> and he's like, yes, you're my daughter. And I said, I am. You mean Jesus is my my brother? And at that time, I wasn't really going to church and I didn't I don't know, like even looking back, I don't know how I correlated the two, like connected the two. So it was just, you know, once again, um, the intervention of the divine that 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 happened. Right. And so he's like, yes, and you have special gifts. And I said, like genie and Aladdin. And he's and he giggled, you know, because I know that God will always come down to your level of understanding. You might think, oh, well, I'm not as advanced as this person or I'm not, you know, I don't know anything. But God will always come down to your level of understanding to help you along your journey. And that was my level of understanding at the time because I was watching Aladdin. And and after that, I would be on my carpet and everything, well, acting like I was on the, the flying carpet. And it was just such a different, you know, it gave me hope when mm-hmm. I wanted to die. And, um, you know, it carried me, that one conversation um, carried me up until I was about 14. And then I was like, uh, this doesn't like my life does not look special. Somebody lied to me. I don't know what's going on, but this is a lie, you know, and then something else happened to, to give me even more hope. And then, you know, carried on from there and everything else. But that was the first time I started to, um, um, really, here, but I also was having like uh, dreams. My vision started with dreams. So, um, and, and I'm then going, I'm sorry, I don't want to um, continue on going and going and going, but. Oh, no, uh, please, no, no, please do. This is extremely fascinating because <laughs> that, that was actually my next question was going to be about the seer. And I was going to ask you about the, the, the vision and the process. And if, if you just kind of like walk the listeners through that have never experienced it, what it's like almost. Oh, yes. So um, as a seer, um, let me just say this. Um, I never told, like, discuss this with anybody as I was going through it as a kid. <laughs> like, it was just like my little, I guess, experience, my secret, something that was mine. And being in yeah. foster care and going from place to place to place and and having the and, and I also spent a lot of time by myself, um, not because I wanted to, but because my dad um, was going through his own processes and he was just really not the father that I wish I had. And so I would be like in the house with him, but he was in his bedroom for like to one, you know, 24 hours to three days at a time by myself. And um so um, at those times, I started around, and I think it was about five, I started to have dreams. Five, six, I, I can't remember how old I was, but I started to have, no, actually, I take that back. Um, the first time I heard God, it was around uh, five, six. But 
um, when I started to have dreams, I was like literally in, uh, in fourth grade. Cause I remember, um, that I was on the, mon- like, I was trying to do this, like flip on the monkey bars. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever seen these monkey bars, but there's like three levels to them and everything else. And you could just, you know, kind of like do flips and all this. Kind oh of yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yep. I loved playing with that. You're bringing I mean. me back here. You're bringing me back now. <laughs> yep. I, I remember kind of bumped the back of my head so many times trying to be cool on that damn thing. I'll tell you, I, oh my goodness. I like that's probably where my damn CTE came from, those bars. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> those bars were, but they were so mm-hmm. interesting to me. And, you know, once again, um, because I spent a lot of time by myself, I, that's like was my toy. <laughs> you know, that was my playtime was doing something of that nature. And so I remember being on the bars and I was trying to uh, uh, hit this like three back like flip um, kind of thing three um, times around the bars and then jump off. Right. And I couldn't do it. And so I had this dream that I did it. Right. And I saw exactly how I did it. I saw the people like kind of like who was around when I did it and everything else. Lo and behold, the very next day it happened exactly how it did. And I remember my mind saying, I remember this. Oh, I, I seen this before. And so uh, more and more those events started to happen and then they started to get farther out. So at first it was one day, then it was two, then it was three. And it started to get farther out until I learned that things don't just happen right. And this was, you know, this is how I guess my spirit team needed to teach me that things don't happen um, all the time, exactly. Once you see them, sometimes it's farther out and you have to kind of, um, observe how it is. And then also have the faith that even though that you've seen it and it's not coming true right away, that it will, but you just got to stand, stand tall (laughs) and, and continue to walk forward. And it reminds me of, once again, here comes my, my, um, Christian background, because there's a lot of things about the Bible that is true. I would never say that the, the, um, totality of the Bible, I would never reject it, but you have to also use your own discernment and make sure that, um, the, that you're not just, uh, that these things that were being told in the Bible did not come from like a man-made for their own agenda kind of thing. It was actually the spirit of God. And if you are connected, you could really kind of like feel and discern what in the Bible is truth and what in the Bible is agenda. Right. And so, um, and ask me any questions because I could go on. Like, this is my groove. <laughs> no, you you absolutely nailed it on the head because that's something I say about the Bible a lot, too. Because, I mean, we have this book that was written thousands of years ago, you know, and, and it's been passed through by man. And, of course, man is greedy. Man is flawed. And man is going to use that book to coerce, you know, what they want out of other men and, and, and use it for their own agendas. That's 100 percent true. My own personal belief when it comes to religion is that you can't be naive, you know, like I look outside and I see, you know, butterflies, I see animals doing things and and I see grass growing. I just see nature. To me, that is proof that there is something that put it there. So I have a belief in God. As far as all the other stuff, like the things in the Bible, I'm very much skeptical of the things that are in there because it, it, it seems like when you look at some of the things like the way women are treated in the Bible, it's like, all right, you know, you, 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 you can kind of connect the dots and see that it was written by someone who was trying to control others at some points of this, you know, some parables of the Bible and whatnot. So I am completely in agreement with you there. Thank you. You know, and, and that's why, you know, once again, I, as a seer, I've seen that it is the time and it is the age for 
us to come together. And and once again, like my uh, the 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 person that I read his book said, stop spiritually gangbanging. You know, it's it's it's, it's, really it's so tough. catchy. It's a isn't that like I mean it's a perfect um, uh, metaphor of it. It's mm-hmm. just really what we need to do is really stop spiritually gangbanging and sit at the table and kind of like have a conversation. Um, but um, th- the reason why I was saying that is for for instance, like when you're talking about um, um, having faith and and seeing like if you see a vision, if you see if you are get an inkling of oh I'm supposed to you know be wealthy for instance and nothing in your way looks like that, (laughs) like nothing. You have no idea how you're going to do it, but you just know that you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to be it. Um, It's like um, when Peter was walking on water and he was looking at Jesus and as long as he had his eyes on Jesus, you know, and this is where I say, as long as you have have your eyes on the target, as long as you believe in the target, as long as you have faith in the process to getting to the target, you will walk on water. But as soon as you take your eyes off of that and look at all the things that may be blowing up in your life, that may be fucked up looking in your life, then that's when you sink. And we have to get to the point of, you know, of having that faith, not only in the process, but in ourselves, that we have ideas, we have a a, a knowing, we are connected to divine. We're never disconnected. We may be have a little bit of, of blockage, to the divine, but we are never disconnected from the divine. And so as long as you have that understanding and you're getting these feelings, and and this year is a year of birthing and rebirthing for many of people, right? And if you feel like, man, I was supposed to have, like, I I really have this idea and I just don't know how to get it out, or I have this business or assignment or or my purpose and all the things, this, you know, I'm trying to, you know, make this money for my, my family, whatever the case may be, whatever you're trying to birth, this is the season. If you have that understanding, that feeling, this is the season for it, I promise you, if you are in that alignment, if that's aligned with your life right now and you're trying to burst it out, keep your eyes on the target, whatever is going on in your life right now. I don't care what it looks like. Keep your eye on the target and keep on moving forward. Now, now let me ask you a question real quick here because your story is absolutely phenomenal and your positivity is absolutely infectious. Now, you went through absolute hell. I mean, a lot of people in that same situation, and and you've heard the stories before, you've you've seen the articles, you know, this person's been through the system, and now what are they doing? They don't sound like you. They don't talk like you. They sound opposite. They're going in and out of jail. They're robbing. They're, they're, They're doing the wrong kind of living. They're not positive at all. What do you, why do you think that is? Like, why do you think some people are, are chosen or some people have that ability to, you know, see God or, or just have that moment? Is, is it within everybody or are they just chosen? Like some people can just handle adversity and see a, a brighter path ahead and just some can. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I will say a, a couple of things on this. There is a, a passage, and, and I do use the, the the scriptures a lot, but this is also in my own life. I've seen it several times in my own life and other people's life as well, whereas the last become first 
and the first becomes last. Just because you're seeing other people excel and, and do well and have great lives and everything else first before you does not mean that it wasn't meant for you. It just means that sometimes, just like with me, prime example, it took a very long time for me to get here. I had to go through so many different initiations, so many different up-levelings, ascensions, transcendence of where I was before. You know, my life had to look completely different for me to be here and help you, whoever this is for, right? And so, it's not that I was last. It's not that I was not chosen because in many of parts of my life, that's how I felt. I felt like the orphan child. I felt like God forgot about me. I felt like life wasn't supposed to be beautiful for me, but instead it was, wow, I have made and become the, the, the cornerstone, the center stone, right? And I actually, this is a cornerstone. And that's another uh, piece of the Bible. The, the one that was rejected has now become the cornerstone. And um, that, I will say, is happening to many of people. So it's not that, and, and the second thing that I will say is, is that think of this whole scenario called life as a puzzle, right? And you're putting together a puzzle. Some of those puzzles, man, you're just like, it takes you hours, days to put it together, right? Some puzzles are easier than others. Some puzzles will take mm -hmm. you days, right? And you have to just like forget it and come back to it later on because it done pissed you off, right? Absolutely. And <laughs> and so like, well, that's the same thing with life. But then if one piece of that puzzle is missing and not in place, is the puzzle complete? No. That's exactly how it is with every single human being on this in this world. It wouldn't be complete without you, mm -hmm. you know. And so as a shaman, that's another thing that I truthfully believe is that um, some shamans, um, you know, put themselves on pedestals. And everybody has their own walk of life. I'm not um, knocking anyone how they, they look at life and, and do life. Everybody has their own walk of life. But. Some shamans put themselves on pedestals and, and up high, whereas in shaman, in shamanism and as a shaman, we are here with the people. We are right here, right here with you. We have definitely have the knowledge. We understand things. We can move in between both worlds and everything else. But we are not more than you, neither you more than us. We are here together trying to help you to help everyone and lift the consciousness of this world. And so um, you are important. Just know that you are the piece of the puzzle that will, if you don't align, you will not make it complete. So we need you, every single being, we need you. What is the key for someone looking to get in touch with their spiritual side? And, and this is, I love bloodlines. Let me just say this. And it's not just bloodlines of like, you know, um, well, I'm from royal bloodline. I'm from, you know, African bloodline, not those kind of bloodlines. I'm yeah. talking about spiritual bloodlines. Um, and I work, um, I love working with bloodlines and um, spiritual bloodlines are this, you, and, and this is the, the wonderful thing about it. When you're talking about spiritual bloodlines, you're talking about, okay, what kind of gifting sets did, did you come from to kind of like simple, you know, simplify it. What kind of uh, uh, gifting did you come from? What is the, the, the nature of your purpose? Because all beings have a purpose here in life. Um, some shorter than others, some, you know, more, um, 
more uh, responsibility than others. You know, they have to be more accountable. They have to be, you know, seen more visible, you know, leaders, whatever the case may be. And um, when you're talking about that, you're talking about, okay, well, why are you here? When you want to know how to connect with your spirituality, you could start on the path of that, seeking the knowledge and understanding how to connect with the divine by asking questions. <laughs> you will be amazed at how many answers you'll get by just asking the question. And I'm not saying asking questions to other people. All the answers are here inside of you. You have a spiritual team, whether you know it or not, that you could connect with and tap into that is wanting to help you. They're probably like, you know, um, putting, uh, you know, their their fingers on the the, the, the desk, you know, uh, tapping their fingers on the desk so bored because you're not connected with them. But once you initiate that conversation and start asking, hey, you know what? How can I do this? Or why am I here? You'll start getting answers. And they may not come exactly the same day. It may take a little bit of time, but if you're conscious of it and you look for the, and you're, you know, really looking for it, it will come. And the other thing that I will tell you to do is to learn your spiritual bloodline. Because right now, in this time and age, it's the healer season. It's been that way for a a little while now, but it's going to be that way for uh, a while longer. And in the healer season, there's a lot of working on not only the earth, but of the people. And healing the parts of, just look at it as the body, right? And the body has different parts, you know, and some of the parts are working correctly right now and in, in, in alignment and some of the parts need to be healed. The spiritual community, the people that are more spiritual, more in tune, more tapped into the divine are the ones that are being healed and rising up now. And the reason being for that is because it's time for us to help also heal the lands. So in the midst of this happening, we're healing the bloodlines and the bloodlines are coming out. Some of these bloodlines, and I'm talking about spiritual bloodlines now. Some of these bloodlines have been um, dormant. They've been kind of like in hiding, waiting for this moment to happen and occur. And it doesn't necessarily mean that just because you came from a spiritual bloodline, that that spiritual bloodline will run in your um, family bloodline, right? You could have a spiritual bloodline and you'll be placed in a family bloodline because they have the capacity to hold the weight that you carry. And it, and nobody else is in that bloodline. So now you have nobody to train you, nobody to teach you, nobody to show you, nobody who's like you. And you feel like the orphan spirit, right? You feel like, why am I here? These people. And you have questions as to like, this is weird. What's going on? Well, that's the reason being. And so if you have been in that situation, then this is time for you to get connected, to finding out your bloodline, your spiritual bloodline and connecting the dots. It's like almost like a, a puzzle. Once again, a puzzle piece. I like puzzles <laughs> where you connect the I dots. Of, yeah, I like puzzles <laughs> I, where you connect the dots of the uh-huh. and make a beautiful picture. And this is what's happening. Now, if you are in a spiritual bloodline and you come into a family bloodline that carries the weight of that spiritual bloodline, then that's full kind of, uh, you know, that's good, right? I had that. I come from a a bloodline of, uh, I have two sides to my bloodlines. I have uh, the seer and also the shaman. 
So those are the two bloodlines that I come from spiritually, but also in my family, I have those as well. And so, um, but the thing is, is that once again, I was in foster care and all of the things and I was disconnected from my family bloodline. I didn't have anybody to teach me these things. I had to, over time, teach myself. When I first started teaching myself shamanic practices is when I was a little kid. I was about six years old. Um, I was around the lake. My my dad had to like drive around the lake to get to my mom's, uh, my grandmother's um, uh, um, place. And um, as he was driving, there was one particular incident and he pretty much backhanded me. And, um, and he's, you know, he was a firefighter. He was very strong man. Right. And busted a blood vessel in my eye when I was six years old for not combing my hair before I came out of the house. Well, I didn't know how to comb my hair, my hair, like, I'm six years, nobody was combing my hair but my grandmother. I didn't know how to you know. And so so I was bawling. My eye was all red and busted and everything else. And, um, you know, he was like, if you don't be quiet, I'm going to make you be, you know, he was going to hit me again. So I had to learn how to be quiet. So the only thing is I one day I just, like, as we were driving, I looked at the water, the lake water. And all of a sudden, I kind of got almost mesmerized in a trance of looking at that water with the sun glistening on the water, and it started to soothe me. And then I said, who? Water soothes me. And ever since then, I've been incorporating, like water is my one of my favorite elements. I've been incorporating water as an element for my, as an ally for me, to soothe me and to do other things for me. And so at six years old, I started to learn that. But yeah, nerd, please take the wheel. <laughs> yeah. no, this is all extremely fascinating. And I've been taking notes here because that even gave me some more questions here that I wanted to ask you. And the thing about spiritual healing that I'm just trying to wrap my head around here, because this is the first I've ever heard about this. That's why I got the expert on here to teach me about this stuff. Is spiritual healing just purely like mental healing? Is it healing like depression, anxiety? Is it more physical? Like, hey, I fell off my bike and I have a scrape. Can you pray that away? What exactly is spiritual healing? I, I guess that's where I'm kind of trying to figure it out. Yes, of course. And let me just tell you that um, as a shaman, different shamans do different things. I will tell you, <laughs> excuse me, I will tell you that all shamans are healers, but all healers are not shamans. So that being said, uh, when you're talking about spiritual healing, you can be healed uh, when I say spiritually, physically, you could have physical healings through spirituality, you know, spiritual healing. You could have, uh, you know, mentally be healed through spiritual healing, you know, uh, emotionally, financially, all the things through spiritual healing. But you have to know who wields that power, who wills that assignment, who wills that gift. Mm. Every single, if you go, everybody does not do the same thing. Some people, it's like this. Um, I was given the gift of sight. I see. I was also given the gift of shamanism and, and also other different talents and everything else. So I have my own toolbox of things that I could help people with, business, all of the things, right? Now, you may go to another shaman and they help you with past lives. They help you to heal from the wounds of something that is no longer with you, but you still kind of carry that that essence with you and you haven't been able to let it go. And that's their specialty. Some people do heal specific physical, you know, ailments. Right. 
And I will say that there are conventional medicine people that have that trait that could heal physical ailments. Let me just give you uh, a prime example. So I, um, eight years ago, it's been about eight years, and I had my first pulmonary embolism. I was, uh, I just had my eight-year-old, and um, two weeks later, I had a pulmonary embolism. Then um, throughout in between, um, I had got pregnant with twins, and um, from what is about less than two years, I had three different so-called different pulmonary embolisms, and um, I could not breathe, like like literally I would like bend over to pick up like a pencil or a pen and be out of breath. Like I ran a marathon. It was embarrassing. I could not like, I would avoid walking with people because you know, they could really, you, I could hear it. <laughs> I know they could hear it. You know, yeah. I, I would have to take a lots of breaks, uh, you know, just walking, you know, and, and, and then got to the point where in December, back in December of 2022, I went into the hospital with uh, pneumonia, RSV, and I went into sepsis. And so um, I posted a Facebook video while I was in the hospital and my son was there, my 21 year old son. I have five kids, uh, four boys and uh, one girl, which is my oldest. And God bless you. Five kids. I couldn't do it. Oh, let's talk about how three boys are Tauruses and and one is an Aries. Okay, that that really was the kicker. And I'm a Leo, you know. (laughs) I'm a Virgo in the house right here. Virgo in the house. (laughs) So so yeah, so it it was definitely you know we have a great time. But so I was in the hospital. My son, my eldest son, was there, and I told him you know because some things are better shown than than told or talked about. I told him I'm going to transmute this energy because you know lo and behold I didn't even know. I had sepsis at the time. <laughs> Nobody told me, came in and said, yeah, you had sepsis, you know, you, you, you know, could have died, you know, kind of yeah, thing. Nothing to mess with right there. Sepsis. Right. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, I didn't find that until it was on my discharge papers, but I didn't even look at my discharge papers until a couple of weeks after. And I was like, oh my God, I had sepsis. So anyway, um, so I said, I'm going to transmute this energy and I'm going to show you how. So I started to do my thing and all my um, shamanic practices and everything else. I also am an energy healer. I've been doing energy healing for several, several years. I just say 2006, but I know I've been doing it before that. But just to be safe, <laughs> I'm going to say 2006. I've also been initiated into the Curel tribe, which is a, a Peruvian tribe that practices energy healing, right? And so um, I'm really good. I love energy. So um, I said, I'm going to transmute this energy. And I started to do my thing and everything else. And I I also was told that I needed to do this publicly, like a a Facebook um, um, experience, like a live. So I did a Facebook live on it. And I said, um, you know, us, we have to, as leaders, we have to, as spiritual beings, show people the process. Because a lot of times, um, you know, we're talking about these things and we're talking about it after we've came out, you know? Yeah. And so everybody, you know, what happens if, you know, you went through something and that it, you didn't come out? Like, is it, do you come out every time? I mean, how does it happen? How is, how is the process? And so I said, um, I was told that I needed to document this and I've been doing this for years. Like I, I've been, um, talking about how the year was going to play out for years. Like I start at the Gregorian calendar and say, Hey, this is last year was the year of embodiment for people in this assignment. This year is the year of rebirth and birth and rebirth for the people in this assignment. So, 
Um, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm saying this is the year of rebirth and I don't care what it looks like right now. I'm going to have a rebirth, you know, and uh, whatever, whatever I said in that video. And so here it is um, in between January and May, I went into having to have five quarts of oxygen. I went into 24 seven. Um, I went into uh, having pulmonary hypertension. I went into, I was already in respiratory failure and I went into heart failure. And I had kept on getting told by doctors, um, there's nothing that can be done. All you need to do is take blood uh, thinners. And this is what I've been told for eight years. Take blood thinners and the latest was lose weight. <laughs> so take blood thinners, lose weight. Oh, and they was gonna give, were gonna give me some pulmonary hypertension medication. But I went to several different doctors, uh, spoke with them and nobody um, really told me anything different besides that until I went to this one doctor and he got the ball rolling. He really uh, did the test that was necessary. And it was only took one test to say, oh yeah, the only thing that will help you is surgery. Just one test. But for eight years, nobody gave me that one test. And um, so I did the test, was told that I, I needed surgery. I even went back because I'm like, okay, I don't want to do this surgery because I would have to be cracked open everything, you know, <laughs> everything. I didn't want to do that. And so, um, but I even went back to different doctors and asked them, hey, you know, is there anything else can, that can be done? And they said, no, nope, the only thing, you know, I didn't tell them, you know, what I already knew, but they said, no, just take blood thinners and lose weight. And, and somebody suggested that I get some things like pumped into my, like shots in my stomach or something to lose weight. And I was like, that's yeah. always the answer. Just inject them with something else. That's always the answer. Go ahead and take, take this pill, take this shot. And that's, that's always the answer. Always. Exactly. Exactly. And so um, I did the surgery in May, May 18th um, of 2023. Um, and um, I could breathe. I don't I, I, I could breathe. I'm no longer, um, uh, you know, on oxygen. Um, I believe my pulmonary hypertension is gone. I still have to go back to the doctor to see I'm supposed to go this month. Um, heart failure. My heart is doing a lot much better. You know, I'm in a totally different experience. Like literally I was I, I felt like I was dying. I couldn't wake. You know, I couldn't stay up. And I would always be tired and sleeping and everything else. I could not do anything um, prior to May of um, 2023 when I after I, uh, when I before I had the surgery. And so what I will say is, is that there are uh, people that have been set in place to heal physical ailments. And I'm not saying that you have to be a conventional medicine doctor to do it, but I am saying conventional medicine doctors, some of them, some of them, <laughs> let me say some of them have mm -hmm. been estimated <laughs> to do it. Yep. And so what I know to be true is just as sure as spiritual gang bang is should be null and void right now. And I just keep on using it. It's just so jazzy. I love it. I want a t-shirt. <laughs> spiritual gang banging t-shirt. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. So as, as it's just as sure as that, it's a time for us people that are the healers in this life to come together, whether you're conventional medicine, whether you're a shamanic healer, whether you're an energy healer, whether you're whatever healer you are, we need to come to the herbalists, all of the things, come to the table and have a conversation because it's not about us being the only way because it's not true. Every individual has their own individual need and desire in this life. Something that may heal one may not heal the other. 
And especially when you're talking about spiritual bloodlines, you may be polluting a spiritual bloodline by taking them down the wrong road of healing or by telling them that this you're the only way possible for them. We need to be resourceful and in, 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 and in integrity to say, if we are not specialized to help this person to find them someone else who is, or redirect them, or even if you don't have any redirection, which is, you should, you know, we should all be, you know, kind of like having a little directory of our own. But if you don't, tell them that you can't help them. Don't help people that you can't help. You know, you will harm them. And that's one of the things as spiritual people and as healers, I believe we have an obligation and we are accountable to do no harm. So that's what we have to stand on and be accountable for. Let me ask you a question here, because this is extremely important because the things we're talking about right now, a lot of people may hear this and say, you know, they're crazy people, but this is going, you know, on in 2023 when we're going through COVID-19 and all the medical mistrust you're seeing now with people just going online and looking for information without, you know, just going to their doctor and taking whatever they're being told. Have you seen a shift with all the, you know, the, the mistrust now with COVID-19 and just everything in general that people just are looking for alternative methods and ways to heal themselves? Do you see a, a shift now with more people believing in this kind of stuff that we're talking about here today? Let me tell you, yes, I do. I am on the journey um, back in, I don't know when it was, but I had, I, I got another, you know, I heard that I needed to go back and get my PhD. It didn't say my master's degree, it said my PhD. I was like, what? You know, <laughs> skipped over a whole degree. What's going on here? Uh -huh. You know, and I was like, I, why do I, want, I don't want to go back to school. School, what you mean? And then I was shown a vision as to why. And because of what my assignment was, it was very important for me to do the work and get in alignment with what I needed to do in order to live out and walk out my assignment. One of my things was I needed to go and get my PhD. And so I looked for a place to get my PhD. And I was like, I don't even know what I, well, I did like psychology at one point in time. And I even applied to this school and something just didn't feel right. And I, um, I said, let me just look one more time, you know, because <laughs> I don't really, you know, something just is not saying a hell yes. I'm a hell yes kind of woman. So if I don't get that hell yes inside of me, yeah, I, I need to continue on seeking because I want that hell yes experience. Right. And so <laughs> I looked at um, uh, one more place and it was an amazing, like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I was looking for. I even cried in my interview um, to get into the school. I'm like, oh my gosh, because they're like doing meditation and stuff during the interview. And I'm like, yes, this is where I need to be. And so now I'm in school um, as, as a mind body medicine um, um, student on the journey to get my PhD in psychophysiology. And so um, one of the things that I do know to be true is, is that as spiritual people, I have um, not only did the academics on things to understand and eventually I do, um, I saw that I am, and I do still want to go on to get a, a doctor and uh, be, become a naturopathic doctor, but that's for other reasons. That's later on down the line after I finished my PhD. But this is the thing is, is that we have been called to get an alignment and integrity. And in order to get an integrity, yes, we have these spiritual gifts. Yes, we can do certain spiritual things, but at the same time, this is a, an evidence-based world. 
And in an evidence-based world, in order for us to get at these tables that are making these decisions and in order for us to wield the power that is needed, we have to be in alignment with what this world is operating on in certain aspects. Now, not saying to conform. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is, is that get, get level up. It's time for us to level up. So we could look eye in eye with the people that are having these, these putting out this information and saying, let's, let's try this. And we have a backing. We have something behind it, right? That mm. is understood on the other side and respected on the other side. And so that's what I see what is happening now. And yes, people do think that we are kind of coke cuckoo for cocoa puffs, right? We're, we're, we're nuts. We're, you know, but at the same time, that's exactly why we have to back this up with evidence. We have to be the ones that are doing these clinical trials, non-pharmaceutical, let me just say that non-pharmaceutical clinical trials that are going to show that, for instance, massage therapy will relieve certain things in certain people, it will help you to sleep, it will help you to do all of the things that like these different things that it will help you to do. We also need to do things on what brings out empathy, you know, or what brings out um, um, understanding on vis visualizing imagery. Like some people are here and they are, you know, seers, but they have not been activated. Now, now, I'm an activator as well, but at the same time, you have to, you, they may need some practice. <laughs> so, but if nobody knows that, and if nobody's doing the research on that, how could you help them? So getting in these, getting in the um, ideology of saying, okay, this is a natural based world. We are here. And that's why I say I, I, I do all of my, um, I, when I do my year forecast, it's on the, the top of the Gregorian calendar. I understand that that's not the spiritual calendar that we are operating on, but I do it on the top of the Gregorian calendar because number one, I was told to do it that way. Number two is, is that we live in a natural base world. And so, you know, there are certain things that, okay, let's, you know, is it going to affect anybody? Are we running from our truth by doing from it? Are we not being authentic by doing it this way? No, we're helping people that have not yet turned on the light to their consciousness or to their spiritual connection to the divine. We're helping them to see, you know, by yeah. doing and operating in this way. Is everyone capable of having this or some people better candidates for these abilities or others? Like, does everyone have this in them? They just have to get it bought out. Everybody has gifts of some sort. One has, and and this is also a biblical term, <laughs> which which is very under. It's it's very interesting how, um, it it there is so much truth to the Bible, so much truth to the Quran. There's so much truth to different Bibles and different teachers, um, uh, Ganesha, all the different teachers that are here. It's they're saying pretty much the same thing, except for in different ways of interpretation and for different um, demographics of the world, right? And so um, when you're when you're talking about giftings, everybody has a gift. Some people were given one gift. Some people were. Given than, you know, many, more than one. And so you have to, and, and then also what, remember for, for, um, too much is given, much is required. So just because you think that, you know, um, you've only been given one gift, let's just say, um, can you handle the weight of giving more, being given more? Can you handle that weight? Because trust and believe it's a weight. 
And it, it, you know, many of times there's been people to go astray. And when I say go astray, we all, you know, at, at some point in time, everything is done the way it should be done. But at the same time, you know, maybe they started out saying, oh, I'm leading the straight and narrow. And then all of a sudden something happened like money and they got greedy and now they're off doing other things that they really didn't intentionally start with. Right. And so, you know, can you handle that weight? That is going to be, you know, um, um, given to you because there's things that are going to happen to you. There's people that are going to get in the way of that. There's going to be a tax. And that's another thing that I want to say on here is, is that every single spiritual bloodline does not have the same um, ways of protection. So you could have a spiritual bloodline that knows how to protect their bloodline um, by this way of protection, a certain way of protection. And you could have a, a spiritual bloodline that knows how to protect their way, their bloodline from a totally different but just equally effective protection method. You have to understand these things and you have to know how to put them together for you in your own personal journey. And so when you say now there's certain things that's one size fits all, there's certain things that we need to do and, and everything else. But then you have to get down to the individual being of, OK, what do you carry? You know, because yeah. you come from a spiritual bloodline, for instance, a shamanic, a shamanic spiritual bloodline. And you may only carry one gift, but there's another, you know, shaman you know, that carries multiple. So now we have to talk to these, these gifts directly. And if you're just talking about one specific thing, which there is, you know, reasons of doing that, but as, um, when you're trying to help a specific person, you have to talk specifically to their bloodlines and the giftings that they wield. Now we have a thing called ancestry.com where you can go find your family bloodline through the DNA that you send to this company in China who probably does some weird stuff with your DNA after they send you your results. Is there any way that you can start this path to find your, your spiritual ancestry or spiritual DNA or whatnot? Where, where would someone interested to, to start their journey to find their bloodline? Where would they go to like start this whole thing up? <laughs> okay. Let me just say this. As I said before, spiritual bloodlines are a little bit different than family, like regular bloodlines. Um, you can, there can be spiritual bloodlines that are in a family lineage and multiple people in the family lineage. That being said, you could start like Ancestral.com. There was a lot of things that you could learn from the different ancestors that had came before you. Like what things did they go through? What what challenges do they, did they have? What gifts did they have? You may come from a, a, a bloodline, a family bloodline that was, you know, wealthy or had or was an inventor and had lots of ideas and everything else. That mm, is something okay. you see what I'm saying? That is I something, got you. You got it. You got it. I, I, I got you. I, I, listen, I am a virgin to this whole thing. I'm trying to figure it out <laughs> here. And this is some very interesting stuff. But you did talk about being a, a, a seer, and I looked it up before we started the show here just to kind of wrap my head around it because I've seen it on TV shows, and, you know, TV shows never get it right, I, I guess. And I was going to ask you about that, too, what shows you thought did get it right or movie possibly. But I just wanted to ask you here, in, in your opinion, what is a, a, a seer? Is it a psychic? Is it a little bit more? What exactly is the difference there? Or is it the same thing? I'm um, once again, I'm I'm not one to say 
something is more than the other or lesser or, or the other. I never, um, I never connected with being a psychic. I actually, and this is, it's not embarrassing. It's just me. I'm a researcher at heart. And that's hence why probably I'm getting my PhD. You know, I was totally, because <laughs> I actually love doing okay. this stuff. Right. Yes, and um, I also have a research background as well. So, um, but the thing about it is this, is that a seer for me, what I've seen the difference in between a psychic and a seer is that a seer, and I was told also by my ancestor, I went uh, to uh, Peru and I actually sat with the Hunikuan tribe for three weeks. And in that, those three weeks, I did uh, several different ceremonies. And one of, one of the ceremonies, um, they, I was shown my, one of my ancestors and um, husband and wife, and I was shown um, what they did and how, you know, all the things and everything else. And they told me that I already knew this, but they confirmed it. They said that I was a seer um, and I was called the great seer. And, and they had, you know, basically um, they seen me way before they even, you know, passed away. And this was many generations, many, many years ago. And so, um, but they see me and gave me pretty much gave me help and tools and, and protection for me to come. And then, you know, they, they just told me a whole bunch of stuff. Right. And so basically um, what happens is on the journey of you understanding what a seer and a, a psychic is a psychic a seer could tell the past, the the present, the future, but they could also see things that have happened um, in different aspects. They're more so of a collective. Uh, um, they they do it for the collective. They can do, and they could do it individually. A psychic is more so of someone that connects to a person individually by their energy, by their this, by their that. See, when I'm connecting with people, when I'm talking about what's about to happen in this year, I'm not connecting with just, you know, uh, individual energy, right? Mm -hmm. um, a psychic connects to an in, in, uh, individual energy. I connect to pretty much, it's the divine helping me to see everything that I'm supposed to see in my assignment and helping the people in my assignment. So it's connected to my assignment and my assignment for me is for more than one person. It's not just for, and when I say more than one person, it's, it's for the masses of specific people in this assignment and which is to repair and help heal um, a particular part of the body, which is the spiritual, the, the healing part of the body. And so that's what I see is different. And literally I spent thousands of dollars like connecting with psychics and, and trying to figure out like, are they lying? You know, this is, you know, I mean, because it was just so interesting, the things that they said and everything else. And a lot of it, you know, was right. But then it was like, it was so wrong. And and then also, you know, with that being said, when, when you're talking about psychics, there is ways for you to burn contractual agreements. So if, even if you don't know um, the, uh, what's going on and you don't like the path that you are on, there's ways for you to void that path and, and, and be on a new, but you know, um, that's a t different story, but yeah. So seer is different. It's not better than the other. I just am glad that I'm a seer. Let's just say that I like being a seer. I like, um, the things that I'm able to do and the power that I'm able to, the, the, the giftings that I'm able to wield. So people can come to you and be like, hey, can you tell me what my future holds? Like, am I ever going to meet Mr. Right, Mrs. Right, whatever? Is that something you could do theoretically or is it more or less uh, like through through dreams? No, I, um, I 
very seldomly now have dreams. So I do have dreams. And when I do have dreams, they're very, very vivid and very, very detail orientated to the mission, right? The assignment. But um, I got, I have visions all the time. I uh, meditate um, most days for about seven hours. Um, and, um, I get a lot of downloads. So I'm also able to download, like, for instance, I've downloaded songs in different languages in, in a totally different language. And so, and it's energetic, these are energetic healing songs. And so when you're talking about like, I'm not, and this is another thing I saw differently than a psychic and I'm not, you know, all people is, you know, for a reason. And I'm not saying anything is good or bad in, in this area, I just seen for myself is that when I'm doing, no, I, somebody can't come up to me and say, hey, what is, you know, this going to happen in my life? No, if the, the thing about my um, giftings is if there's something that needs to be said, it will be said. But if there's nothing, then there's nothing to be said. I'm never going to guarantee anyone that they are going to hear from, uh, you know, something uh, as far as from me being a seer. Now, what I will guarantee that um, for the most part, people that work with me, um, they do experience that because I'm one on one with them. And there's several, you know, it's most likely going to be several different times that we're going to interact together, which means that there's going to be more time for me to see them. And that's when I like to also get into bloodlines, because I see a lot of people's bloodlines. I mean, what bloodlines you came from. Um, I see a lot of guardians. The guardians are, are awakening in this life, which is amazing. Of the bloodlines, the guardians of these bloodlines are awakening and, and here and present in this life. And so I'll see that and I could relay that to you. I could relay to you about your ancestrals um, lineage and also, you know, how powerful your ancestral lineage is. There's, there's so many much different things that I could talk about when it comes to bloodlines and, and me being a seer and what I see, but no, it's nothing like a psychic for what I have seen and understood. Thank you for that. Cause I was really trying to figure that out. And you did mention something else too, that I had a question about. You mentioned that you are an activator of these abilities I wanted to ask you how that worked because if I have any abilities in me and you could activate me, hook a dude up because I need something going on in my life right about now. If you can hook me up, please activate whatever the fuck I got going on. Can you help me out here? <laughs> well, you know, and that's a, a wonderful thing. I will say that everybody has some kind of form of medicine. And even for those that don't believe that they do have a form of medicine, you do. You do it somewhere. There's somewhere something in there. And what's what's a good about this is, is that um, I've been doing this for years. Like, you know, people could come into my presence and they're like, oh, my God, my energy has changed. My This is, oh, my God, I feel so much. Denise, what did you do? And I'm like, you know, it's just just who I am. It's just what. I, I do and, and, and everything else. But what I will say is, is this, is that, um, and this is also for people that are, are healers. I do not, you can't pay me to activate something that's not supposed to be activated. So, um, and I think that's also me to do with a seer. You can't pay me to have a session on me seeing something for you. Um, there's no, it's not, that's not the form of energy exchange that I, I allow. This is not a money situation. This is a, okay, how are we going to help the world situation and my integrity and where I stand comes first. Amen. And so Amen. Absolutely. 
what I will say about that is, is this, like, um, I love, and when, when people come to me and when it work with me and I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing, I know that this is aligned with me. Right. Um, what I help people to do is I bring out things in them. So let's just say you come to me and then, um, I could tell you like three days from now, you're going to, this is what you're going to make sure that you write this down, you know, because, because this is what's going to happen. And then they'll start seeing it and then they'll start having dreams and then they'll start having this or, or whatever the case may be. And then they come back and, you know, okay, well, how can I control this? How can I help this and everything else? So I do, um, I am able to activate, um, giftings that are dormant. You know, it's not that you don't have them. It's just that they have not been awakened yet. There's, there hasn't been a reason to. And, and that's another thing about my integrity is, is that it may not be your time yet. And I cannot, I'm not going to stand in the way of that, you know, because you need to make sure that you are, um, able to carry whatever you are activating, right? And and, and do it in a very uh, integral um, and ethical way, right? And so, yeah, if you have something, I could definitely help you to activate it. And then also I could help you to um, learn how to wheel it, um, like I said, in a safe and um, ethical and uh, integral way um, and um, and grow it. Because it is a process and it does take sometimes a little bit of time to do it. And it, but it also can help you out with not only your life, not only with your business, but also with your family life, too. This is something that you could once you learn, like uh, once again, the orphan child, a lot of these people that are waking up, especially that have come from a spiritual bloodline that does not necessarily uh, that is not necessarily in their actual bloodline are waking up like, how do I do this? You know, I'm confused and everything like I was doing like what is going on here what is this doing why do i have it you know this is a time for you to get a teacher somebody that is trained and, and and able to help and assist you in learning how to really hold your gifts right and that's what i love to do i love number one the bloodline thing um all the things and then also to help people with their gifts and help people in the world and then pass it down because uh, and let me just tell you and I'm, I'm sorry i have to say this some people want you to be dependent on them. They want to uh, invoke a dependency to where you have to keep on coming back to them in order for you to be a certain way. I am the person, I am also a midwife. I don't really like titles, but that is what season I am in. Right now I'm helping people to birth and rebirth things in their lives that um, need and want to come out now, right? And so I'm acting as a midwife in that, but within that in that season i want to give you the tools so now you have them and you could create and, and utilize them in any given situation moving forward you know of course we do need you know like just like with any credentials or a license or anything like we do need to go to uh, continued educational classes and and you know get a level up i've been doing this since what well, i've been actually um, uh, investing in my own leveling up since 2014. I've spent over $150,000 in my own level up outside of my academics because I wanted to make sure that I could walk with integrity of what I'm doing for myself and my family, as well as for the other people that are coming to me. And so, yeah, come, you could come and get that information, but you'll not leave being dependent. You'll leave being interdependent so to speak. That makes perfect sense. And you know what? 
I am probably the wrong person to have my abilities unlocked because I would probably be one of those people that can see something and it just does the wrong thing or make the wrong decision. So I'm glad someone like you has the power, someone good, someone with some integrity, because I would fuck it up. I mean, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. If I had some kind of power to do, make some kind of good in the world, I would screw it up because that, that's just me. So I'm glad you got it. Well, I wouldn't say that. I think that you have a wonderful medicine about yourself. Um, all medicines are not meant to be cuddly wuddly, if you would say. Um, and, and that's truthful. I'm just being very honest. There's not, and, and even if you meet a shaman that is not cuddly wuddly, that does not make them any less a shaman. You know, now don't get me wrong. A shaman isn't running around here, you know, doing um, things like, you know, like um, disrespecting their, uh, their, who they are, like their title and what they were given. They're not going around like, you know, raping people or, or doing stuff that is very unethical. They're not doing that. What I'm saying is, is that they're not always going to be like happy, happy, joy, joy, because that's not what it is. I'm not always a happy, happy, joy, joy. I'm going to tell you the real, because that's what you're going to need in order to, you know, survive and thrive. Right. But but um, yeah, so just because your medicine is not cuddly wuddly does not mean it's not good medicine. Let me just say that. There's hope for me yet. <laughs> yes, there's now, hope for us all. <laughs> now, I just have a couple more things here that I want to ask you here. And and, and this one right here is uh, in the beginning of the show, we were talking about the abilities and, and, and you first started realizing that you had them as a child, but you didn't really want to talk about them. Now you're on a podcast talking freely about it. I wanted to ask you, when did you first start feeling comfortable with it? Because you, you had to have known it wasn't going to be something that was going to be widely accepted. People were going to think you were insane and crazy. What gave you the confidence to finally just say, this is who I am. I don't care what the haters out there are going to think because they're, of course, are always going to be haters. I think it was when I had to come out. Well, okay. So uh, rewind before that. Um, I, remember there was a very challenging time when I was about 20 something years old, early twenties. And I, my, my giftings heightened to the point where I could not control them. They were out of control and they were scaring me. And, um, I denounced them. I said, I don't want these gifts anymore. Fuck it. You know, kind of thing. Like, <laughs> and then, and then slowly, like, I'm like, wait a minute, I, they really went away. Like, wait a minute, come back. You know, I, I didn't mean it, you know? And I had this wonderful, amazing woman in my life that said, you know what, you could actually ask your gifts to, you know, show you, you know, in a soothing way, not like, <laughs> you know, bring them to you slowly, but surely instead of putting it all on you. And I started to do that. I asked for that. I asked for them to subtly show me and, 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 and help me to understand my gifts. And that's exactly what it did. And so it took a, a while that was back in like 2007, when uh, around 2007, eight, when that happened and, um, about 20, 20 um, was when I really kind of like started to be on like the conscious spiritual. I mean, I was already there. I was already learning and everything. I already, you know, but at the same time, it's like it was time for me to armor up and put on my armor and start, you know, really actively working in my assignment, right? Because my training was done, you know, still, you know, when I, the training I needed in order to start was done. And now it was time for me to go on my way. I'm still training. I'm always going to be a, a, a lifelong learner. This is a lifelong learning thing. So even though I invested 150, uh, you know, I can't wait to invest a million, you know, in, my, in myself and, you know, uh, continuing to level up, you know, the, over the course of my life, you know. And yeah. so 
Um, that being said, in 2020, I went through what some would call the dark, uh, the the. Uh, the dark night of the soul. And it was just like, oh my gosh. And, but then also in 2020, that's when I got my assignment. That's when I got, everything started to come. I mean, I got a huge download, a uh, 25 year, like kind of like long, um, how to play this out and work this out assignment. And um, when I had to choose, and, and this is what some, and actually I, I got this scripture where, and this was like when I first came to Texas, I hadn't talked about that story, but when I first came to Texas, I got like seven different scriptures. There were several different scriptures. I can't remember how many that I was told to write down and every single one of them played out like throughout the few years, uh, you know, when I came to Texas. And one of them was basically that, um, will you ba basically, will you be willing to stand in your, in the conviction of your assignment, even if you have to give up what you really love, right? And right. I had to say, you know, I don't care, you know, my spouse, um, my, even my children, you know, none of them comes before, not even me, not, none of them comes before my assignment. That's how important it is. Some things in life are very important for us to walk out because it's not just us that's on the line. It's not just our family bloodline that's on the line. It's the world. <laughs> it's, you know, uh, many people of the world, right? And so, you know, and, and just think of it like this. If I touch you and whoever you're connected with, now you touch them. It's a tri triple trickle effect, right? Yeah, and, same reaction, and, yeah. Yeah, chain reaction. And so that's what's happening. With me talking here right now, somebody's going to listen and somebody may be touched enough to go and tell somebody else. And here it is. I'm touching multiple lives. You are touching multiple lives. So when I say it's not just about me, I had to sit up there and say, you know what? I surrender to this assignment. This is my life now. This is what I'm meant to do. And I honor that despite of what I might have to leave behind. I had to, you know, leave behind people. And it reminds me of when um, Abraham took Isaac up into the, you know, to go get sacrificed. And he, there was some people that he said, you got to stay back with the asses. Uh, well, they had to stay back with the asses. And that's the honest to God truth. And even, you know, and don't get me wrong, you know, one of the things that I love about God, even when you think that you're sacrificing the very things that you love, uh, just like when he took Isaac up to the mountain and he was just about to, you know, unalive him, <laughs> when he was just about to unalive him, God said, oh, no, that's okay. I, I see that your your faith is good. It's all right. It's all good. You keep your son, your only, be, you know, only uh, begotten son, <laughs> keep him. And, and that's exactly what I believe that um, sometimes is, is called for us to do. I mean, it may not come to that, but you have to be so convicted in your assignment, if this is your calling, that you have to go along with the mission. You have to surrender to the mission. You cannot abort it. And that's what I what I found out. And so in that, it was very easy to say, you know what, it was challenging. Okay, let me say it was challenging because these were people that, you know, I didn't know what the other side was going to have. You know, I just knew that I had to let these people go. I just knew that they wouldn't understand. And I couldn't, uh, I couldn't um, allow anything to pollute my 
my mind and my thinking, my vision, my belief, um, because I was still tender at the time, right? And so I let people go. As a matter of fact, I had a, a friend this year, and we were friends for like, you know, several years, 10 years, and that's a long time for me because of hence I was in foster care for so long and bounced around from home to home. And, um, you know, she started saying, oh, you believe in divination, you're, you know, evil and everything else, and I had to let her go. I said, you know what, I don't think that we're on the, you know, aligned, we're, you may never heal because that's a part of how she, her perspective is, her distorted vision was, and to seeing all the things that I do and all the things that I am. And she came up with that conclusion. Well, you're distorted and I don't know when you're going to heal, but I don't have time for this. And I'm, I have to leave you behind. I love you and I wish the best for you, but goodbye and, and keep it pushing. And that was, you know, it becomes more for me, it has become more easier for me because then you could sift out who is in alignment with what you're doing and what you're supposed to be doing and who isn't. And then now the question is, can you stand your ground in conviction enough to go along with the mission and 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 be, have faith in the process of it? I can relate. I had to let somebody go too, uh, not too long ago, a, a good friend, just because, you know, sometimes you just got to go a separate way and maybe it'll come back, maybe it won't, but you got to continue and stay strong and you've definitely stayed strong. Extremely inspiring story. And not only is my guest here, Denise, a shamanic healer, an activator, an all-around badass, and a very cool guest, you're also a writer and a podcaster. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the, the things you've written and your podcast? So I've written a couple of books, um, Dare to Make a Difference. Um, this is a co-authored book. And another book, it was a book all about moms and their experiences. And that was a, a international, national and international uh, uh, Amazon bestselling um, author book. And so it was also co-authored. But what I will say, and I'm glad that you mentioned the book because I am actually creating in the middle of uh, put, compiling a book. Um, about our different experiences that people have had that um, particularly with health professionals and practitioners. And this is not a book to bash the health pro professional industry. And I will say this um, uh, publicly. I believe that it's not, there's a lot of health professionals that want to do the right thing that, that, um, but they can't because of insurance companies, because of the organizations mm -hmm. they belong to, their hands are tied, they are limited. And then also you have those people that have limited self-limiting beliefs, you know? And so they, you have to think about that all in, you know, have compassion <laughs> for people and where they are, especially in their spiritual journey, their life journey. And, and so this book is specifically for just so that we could have a voice. There's a lot of people that have went through, you know, issues and, and things where their health, their health was not properly taken care of or the practitioner, whether it be a spiritual practitioner or whatever other practitioner did not consider themselves as, a, as the entire being. They were dropped, let's just say, in some form or fashion. And so even Serena Williams, she stated publicly that there was a time when she was having her baby and she thought she was having a pulmonary embolism. She told, you know, the nurse and they, they kind of like dismissed it. And then eventually they found out, yes, she was having a pulmonary embolism. Well, if it could happen to her, just imagine how many yeah. others has it happened to? There's been deaths. People have died because of being mistreated and not being heard past three years, we've been going through a lot of medical misinformation called COVID-19 and how many misdiagnosed treatments were because of that bullshit. I mean, you're, you're, you're saying everything I want to hear right now. I mean, we are on the same wavelength with us. I do not trust them. 
this past, the past few years, I mean, I, I, I just don't see why there would be a reason to trust them. I, I can see a huge shift going to stuff like this, alternative style healing, and just people become more spiritual. Now you have to be. I and, and that's the thing is, is that it's time for us to put on our spiritual spiritual war gear and get to warring because this is about protecting what we are building. This is about protecting the people that we were sent to protect, to protect. And so um, the the book is going to be coming out. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to be coming out um, around uh, March of next year. I don't have the exact date, March of 2024. I just want to make sure I put the dates in it. But um, I don't have the exact date that is coming out, but I am working on um, compiling that book of these stories. And not, it just won't be stories because we could tell a story, but also there are going to be certain antidotes to, to helping us. Um, like what can we do differently to, to, to have a different experience than the one that was had in this situation. And so there's going to be some information on in that, but also my podcast, I love, you know, uh, it's all, it's all things healing, you know, um, right now I'm, I'm working on a, a session of bringing a lot more, um, with information, um, with different health practitioners and health professionals together. I also am working, um, on a summit with a MD friend of mine, uh, amazing doctor, um, uh, and we're working on a summit that is going to help and bring different people together that practice different healing modalities. And so we're going to sit and we're going to have a conversation and we're going to really, you know, um, help people to help themselves because these things need to be heard. People need to have a choice. And matter of fact, there's people from different backgrounds and spiritual beliefs that need to be heard. And they're, they're, they're things that they've been doing in their families for years, hundreds, maybe thousands of years. Shamanic practices have been around for thousands of years. They should not be just disregarded and not heard when you go to a conventional medicine doctor. And vice versa, sometimes the conventional medicine doctor may be necessary in order for you to survive, hence my surgery that I needed in order for me to breathe. But these are conversations that need to be had and also respected when they're being had. And that's what um, at the summit we wanna, we wanna um, cultivate and do. And you know, those are the things that are happening in, in my life. And so I definitely also want people to get in contact with me on social media. Um, so that we could, you know, continue this conversation. And if you feel called, you know, reach out to me, reach out and touch somebody. Absolutely. Good- Tell people where they can find you. What are the links and the websites and where everything is, everything we can find. Denise, Demijo, where can we find you? Okay, so I'm going to give you that my uh, Facebook page, and this is where I do a lot of my, you know, talking. <laughs> My conversation happens a lot here. <laughs> so, but, um, so it's, um, it's Denise. Well, hold on. Uh, let me just, uh, where is it? Um, okay. www.facebook.com forward slash Denise, uh, one of OF one. So Denise one of one is the, um, the name and you could find me there. Um, you could also find me at, um, the Healers Round podcast. And if you want to connect with me, email me at um, the sh- um, tranquility at the shamanic group.com. And we're also going to put the links in the bottom of the, of, of the description of the podcast too, so everyone can check them out there too. 
Okay, good, because I was about to say, can you help me? (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much. Absolutely amazing. Incredible guests, incredible stories. I loved talking to you. I mean, this is very eye-opening. And you know what? I think I may be looking to uh, look for my little bloodline here and try to find out what my abilities are. Maybe I can use them for good, and hopefully you can help me activate them and learn how to use my powers for good. Yes, come on down. I would love to. I would love to. Been a pleasure. We'll talk to you again. Thanks for coming on the Voices of Misery podcast.